Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So it is raining and nasty where I am today at our Dog Nation World Headquarters studios. i got a little bit of a like rain gear type thing on. It's one of those kind of pullovers. I was telling some of our video audience a moment ago, the challenge with this is it's kind of like that nylon type material. So when I move around, it's going to go sh- 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 make that swishy sound. So I'm going to try to be still enough. That doesn't become too much of an issue for the show. We are very, very busy, very loaded today. I want to begin this way. Kirby Smart last night was on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. And sometimes you have these moments with Kirby where he's like in an extra relaxed mode. I think that Kirby kind of likes mainstream media. I don't really always loves, you know, like press conference stuff, things like that. Uh, but sometimes when he has a chance to kind of be a little bit broader in kind of a mainstream setting, sometimes you get kind of a relaxed version of Kirby in those situations. Last night may have been an example of this. I want to give you a little bit from Kirby here. Eventually, it kind of builds to what I thought was a little bit of a surprising answer about a question that's on the mind of everybody. We'll get to that but also i guess before we're done i'll kind of also kind of explain why i've been worried about this mississippi state game the entirety of the uh the week and, and maybe worried's too strong of a word but as you've heard me say before the season began this was the game that i sort of viewed to be the toughest for uga we said this all throughout the summer and now the game is here and i'm kind of reminded of some of the reasons why i thought the game was tough way back before we knew anything about this Georgia team or the teams that Georgia has been playing. We've got a lot of recency bias that has the potential to cloud our mind. But back before we knew anything, we were blissful and ignorant. We kind of viewed on this show Mississippi State as a very tough game. Well, now it's time to play it. The stakes are high. Georgia can own the East with a win here on Saturday night. And there's that little bit of, ooh, back on the road in the SEC, clang of those cowbells ringing in your face, ringing in your ears. It's going to be cold. There's a lot about this that just sort of feels unpleasant compared to the unbelievable atmosphere of being at home and having everybody kind of moving in the same direction, 93,000 strong, propelling you to victory against Tennessee. This just sort of feels like the exact opposite of that in a lot of ways. And so that kind of brings about a little bit of anxiety. But the anxiety I have had as a fan about what Georgia could encounter in Stark Vegas there on Saturday is suddenly maybe a little bit different now. Maybe there's some confidence that creeps back in. Maybe the words of Kirby Smart kind of allow that to happen. Let me kind of go through this with you. And then you can kind of judge for yourself. This is from the uh, Sports Center last night with Scott Van Pelt, SVP, as they call him. And one of the things that Kirby kind of got into, and this this to me is a great question. This is a great answer. And there's a portion about this that's just sort of larger than just the current present state of Georgia football. But basically, uh, Scott asked Kirby about, hey, you know, have you enjoyed the national championship? Or is this one of those things where you play Tennessee, now you got to roll on the road and there's no time to rest, there's no time for whatever. But if you've taken time to enjoy the national championship, I actually really liked Kirby Smart's answer here. Kirby from last night, ESPN with SVP. I really tried to, to enjoy the moment, enjoy the victory, enjoy the, the moments we've had as a team to celebrate. you got to embrace them. But it's almost kind of reinvigorated our staff to say, okay, now what? Like, like, what's the challenge? And the challenge this year, we don't have the same kind of um, guys coming back as leaders that are like three- and four-year starters. But I feel like our staff has done an awesome job of taking these guys and, and making them believe. So I like two things about that answer. Here's the thing, number one. And this is one of those things that you do want this for Kirby, whether you know it or not. 
he's asked because one of the things that Van Pelt kind of said to him that led to Kirby's answer was, hey, if you're not going to enjoy this, what's the point of all of this? Which is a very fair question. Like if you're not happy, by the way, as fans, there's a version of this, too, that if you're not going to be happy and enjoy this, then what are we even doing? What is this even about if it's nothing but sort of, a, you know, a march from one challenge to the next eventually everybody kind of collapses under the weight of that and so kirby says you've got to enjoy it and for georgia fans who want this period of excellence for this program to last as long as possible that's the kind of answer that you need to hear because if it's if it's nothing but torture if it's nothing but strain that's a word that kirby uses a lot you got to strain you got to try your hardest for as long a period of time as you can if it's nothing but strain then people are just not going to sign up for that. Coaches don't want to coach around that. Players don't want to play around that. Uh, you know, obviously you understand that hard work is required, but if it's nothing but hard work, if it's never any kind of celebration, if it's never any kind of happiness, then people just don't want to be around that. So when you see Kirby laughing and celebrating in a locker room, the video the SEC Network shared, uh, which I thought was great, you know, we didn't really show the video, we played some of the audio, but Kirby has this like big high five and embrace with his son, you know, taking time to be a dad, taking time to be, you know, a part of this team and not just the leader of the organization. Like the fact that Kirby says, hey, you've got to enjoy it. It's my job to make sure we do. For those of you, and I'm in right there in that group with you, who want this period of success for George to last as long as possible, the idea that it must be enjoyed, I believe, is important fuel on all of that. But then that same clip, Kirby says, hey, the championship has also kind of reinvigorated us as well, which is kind of a fun thing to consider that it's not, okay, we accomplished something, the, the book is closed. No, it's actually the start of a new chapter. We've said this now quite a bit here on our program. It's the start of something new, and it's the beginning of the era. It's not the end of history. It's the start of kind of a new chapter of history where Georgia is now a national championship-level program. And you hear Kirby ask, almost rhetorically, but you hear him ask that right there, okay, what's next? What's the new challenge? And that's not a question that's undeserving of an answer. In fact, we talked about that on the show this week of, okay, so – now everybody loves George again. They're crowning him as number one. They're, you know, openly talking about, you know, all kinds of things. So so what are you playing for here? What is all of this about? And, and last night on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pell, he directly asked Kirby about, hey, do you consider the fact – actually, we got the question from Scott. Let me let you hear Scott Van Pell asking Kirby about the idea of repeating as a national champion and how Kirby kind of pivots the answer here. Now, listen, this is one of those things where you already know as a Georgia fan that Kirby doesn't really want to talk about this. This is, I mean, of course, he's not going to say, yeah, we're going to go out there and repeat as national champions. But in light of what Kirby just said there, his staff wondering, okay, what's the new challenge? What's going to reinvigorate us as a staff right now? Kirby actually gives a pretty direct answer to what the answer to that question actually is. And it is maybe not what you'd expect it to be. It may be a little bit of a surprise. It is very interesting from SportsCenter last night. Here's Scott Van Pelt with Kirby Smart. A lot of these teams that we've seen since the playoffs started are there every year, right? But we haven't had a repeat. The idea that that could be done again, something that hasn't been done yet, how, how much of a, of, of a sort of ring does that represent at the end of the line for you? Yeah, that that is awesome, Scott, and that's that's awesome. But that's the last thing from our mind. I mean, I got really, it. I think this team, th- this team's driving factor is they really want to win an SEC championship, and you okay. can't really do that without winning in Starkville because they want to do something last year's team didn't do, and we didn't win the SEC last year. So it's one step at a time, and you can't win the SEC until you win the SEC East, and that starts with winning in Starkville. So let's talk about this here for a moment. If I had paused 
the audio right after Van Pelt's question. And I'd ask you, hey, what's about to happen here? Almost all of you would have said, well, Kirby Smart's definitely not going to acknowledge the premise of that. Kirby Smart ain't going to talk about repeating his national champions. He's not going to do that. And had you guessed that, you would have been right. But had I guessed what he would have done, I would have been wrong. So Van Pelt says, hey, have you thought about repeating as a national champion? Nobody's done that in the college football playoff era. I would have said, there's no way Kirby Smart's going to answer this question. I would have said, Kirby's going to say all he's thinking about is Mississippi State. And yet what Kirby actually says is, hey, the goal that we've talked about is not repeating as national champion yet. It's winning the SEC championship. Now, I love that answer for two reasons. First of all, it's kind of interesting and specific. But, but the two reasons I really like that are this. We said this earlier uh, this week, which is this year, it's not just who makes the playoff. It's where you play when you get to the playoff. And if Georgia is 13-0, an SEC champion, the reward for that's more than just that SEC championship trophy, which still matters to me and it matters to a lot of you. But beyond that, it's also that chance to play that game in Atlanta and have a way easier path back towards a national championship and go for 2-22 and because you're playing in Atlanta. But you don't have to explain that to the players. You don't have to go through all of that. You just simply have to say, hey, we didn't win the, the SEC championship last year, and that's what we want to do. So when Kirby kind of mentions that as an idea, I, I think, you know, without having to say it, it's it's about, you know, by being SEC champion, by being 13-0, we've increased the likelihood that we also win the national championship. But here's the other part of this that I think is really important there as well. For a Georgia team that right now is no doubt playing in the shadow of what the 2021 team accomplished, and you're either buried by the weight of those expectations or kind of made softer by feeling like what they did is what you did, this is a way to kind of draw a line of demarcation. You're differentiating what this team is compared to what last team was. And for as good as they were, five first-round picks and 15 draft picks in total, and obviously winning the national championship – this is a way for the 2022 team to establish its own identity. We also won the SEC championship, something that Georgia you know, did in 2017 and prior to that did in 2005 and prior to that did in 2002 and prior to that went 20 years without winning an SEC championship. Winning an SEC championship is a pretty big deal. And this is a Georgia team that gets a chance to say, hey, this is our thing. It belongs to us. And I think that's a pretty smart motivational ploy on the part of Kirby Smart to bring that to the table. And by the way, it also kind of points the spotlight on the game against Mississippi State because all of a sudden now you're saying the next step towards winning the SEC championship is winning the SEC East, which means you got to go into Starkville, own the East on that field that night against these Bulldogs. All of this works out really well. Now, let me give you some evidence of how well this might be working out for UGA. Because something else very candid from Kirby in this interview is he said that he was prepared to do something to help put the Tennessee game in the past, to sort of put that to bed and get ready to turn the page and move on. And according to Smart, in his own words last night, or he said this last night, but it goes back to the beginning of the week, according to Smart, in his own words, he said that what he was planning on doing wasn't even necessary, as it turns out. This is good from Kirby again, one more with SVP. You know, I was worried coming into team meeting Monday about, uh, you know, them patting themselves on the back and being all high and mighty about the Tennessee game. And we were going to, you know, have a, a memorial service to kind of bury that game and put it away. <laughs> right. and a bunch of the players came to me and was like, Coach, you, you don't need to do that. We're over it. Let's go. And uh, we always say Monday's about going to see the doctor to go see what you can get better at and see what you can cure. 
So for somebody like me who's been, I got to tell you, I've been thinking a lot about this Mississippi State game. I've been very concerned about this Mississippi State game. And I'm not telling you that that's completely changed. That's not what I'm saying here. But when you hear those words from Kirby Smart, the entirety of the words that I've just played for you, and you can go to the uh, ESPN YouTube page and see the full interview with uh, Kirby and Scott Van Pelt. When you hear these words, how can you not be a little bit more confident what Georgia can do tomorrow and just frankly a little bit more confident about what they can do the rest of the way here? They seem to be handling all of this really, really well. The team motivated by the chance to be different than the 2021 team, to win the SEC championship, Kirby says. And by doing that, by the way, as we've said, it also kind of greases the wheels to go for two and 22 because you've made the path to another national championship far easier by doing that. Kirby says the staff actually reinvigorated by what happened a year ago. Now you're a national championship level program. Now you can use that as leverage for even more success. And it sounds like they're enjoying the possibility of doing that and turning the page pretty quick from Tennessee coaches, according to Kirby, didn't have to push UGA in that direction. The players had already done it. They said, we don't need to bury this game we don't need any kind of ceremony we don't need any kind of speech about this let's just talk mississippi state let's just do the next thing because we want to own the east on saturday we want to punch a ticket to atlanta we want to be 13 and 0 we want to be in the college football playoff in the best possible position to go for two and 22 none of this is guaranteed we have no idea how the future sets up but i tell you it does feel like georgia's in a really good place right now and a game on Saturday night where it's going to be cold and a hostile crowd and cowbells and everything else. Boy, if there's any team that was ever prepared to handle all that, doesn't it feel like it's this Georgia team right now that might be able to do just that? My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger. And happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, or available as a podcast, the Apple Player, Spotify, WorldFamousDogNation.com, all kinds of ways for you to connect with our program. We just really, really appreciate you doing that. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Peachtree TV for high school football. Our friends at Kroger, obviously, a big part of that there as well. But getting excited about a big day in Starkville tomorrow. And, of course, that's what our program today is all about. And once again, we appreciate our friends at Kroger for making it all happen. And listen, one of the other things that Kroger's got going on for you there as well is that event called Kroger Chef Junior. You've heard us talk about this before. It's a guided kids cooking experience. Usually a couple times a month, you're able to be a part of that with your kids. It's just $7 per child. And this month is actually coming up again very soon. It's uh, the 12th. It's tomorrow, actually. So it's November 12th tomorrow at a Kroger location near you. There's going to be another uh, episode, if you will, of Kroger Chef Junior. Chance for you to be a part of that. The the food item that's being made this month are the festive fall muffins. That just sounds really good. Great way to kind of roll into the Thanksgiving time of year and Christmas coming up after that. So some really good stuff there. The experience itself is a 30-minute class where you cook the menu item, in this case, the festive fall muffin. And you're also going to get, your child is, an apron and a patch, a chef's hat, a recipe card and box, and a mini muffin pan. It's just $7 per child. So if you've never done this before, I think it's something you're going to really like. And you can find out more on the website, krogerchefjr.com. That's the word junior spelled out. J-U-N-I-O-R, KrogerChefJr.com for a lot more on that. All right, in a couple of minutes, we're going to have a ton with Jeff Sintel. We're going to get busy into all the recruiting stuff. There's actually some very big news out there. seems like, you know, sometimes when you get into the season early fall, you have a little bit of a recruiting lull sometimes. It is not a recruiting lull anymore. There is a lot of big movement. George, a couple of weeks away from a big decision, and a couple of other guys are obviously – 
considering the dogs pretty heavily right now. Maybe some of this is actually kind of new movement. So we'll do a lot of that with Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a minute. Before that, though, I want to go around the doghouse presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And I was saying this to our video audience before the show began. It kind of dawned on me, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. We've played, we've played a lot of Kirby Smart audio this week and haven't heard a ton from some Georgia players. And so I wanted to share some stuff with some Georgia players here for a moment. And there's one specific point I want to make in a moment. But before that, I uh, was talking a minute ago about how the Georgia team, according to Kirby Smart, on with Scott Van Pelt, Sports Center last night, seems to have pretty quickly moved on from this Tennessee game. They'd even done it faster than he expected them to. He was ready to go through some sort of ceremony and kind of put the game into the grave or whatever it was they're going to do. And uh, the players said, we don't need to do that. Well, how about uh, linebacker Smile Munden, very important part of this team right now, kind of talking about that himself of not worried about it. They moved on. They're ready to own the East on Saturday against Mississippi State. That's the full measure of their attention right now. Here is Smile Munden echoing the point that Kirby Smart said a moment ago. After Saturday, it's really behind us now. We started getting ready for Mississippi State, so just putting the best foot forward, you know, you hang your head on the past, like that's where you're bound to mess up in the future. So we're ready to look forward and get ready for Mississippi State. So I think that's really interesting. And I think one of the things you love, when the football apparatus, the machine, is operating the way it's supposed to, you hear that message matriculating through the program. And I think this is kind of an example of that, of – you know, Kirby says, hey, the players have put it to bed. The players themselves say they've put it to bed. There doesn't seem to be much doubt about, you know, how much of a hangover exists here. According to the entire message of the program, they say that's not an issue. Now, I'm sure there have been teams in the past who've said that, only to go out and find out it was more of an issue than they realized. But if any team has proven worthy of being taken at their word, maybe it's this Georgia team here right now. Now, one more quick point I want to make here, too. Another thing we have talked about on the show a lot here this week is the idea of physical toughness. We were talking about that earlier this week, and then the SEC Network late this week shared the audio from Kirby in the postgame uh, locker room celebration where he also hit hard the home of physical toughness, or hit hard, hit home. <laughs> Words are hard sometimes. He kind of really hammered that message home about how important physical toughness was to the team, really echoing some of what we had been kind of talking about here on this show. And there's no doubt when you watch George, it just looks different because of that, right? It's so tough. And I want to give you a little bit of an example here of the players themselves also saying that too. Now, here's the thing I want you to think about here. If I were to say, hey, which positions are the most likely to talk about physical toughness I think you might have some guesses you'd say well it's offensive linemen they're out there being tough every single day they're the old so-called big uglies they're out there doing that or you might say on defense it's guys like defensive linemen or linebackers some of those guys that are out there laying those big hits on defense those are the guys who are the most likely to embrace physical toughness but at Georgia if you're going to be a truly physical tough team you can't just be physically tough at the positions you expect to be physically tough you got to be physically tough across the board. Even some of like sort of the glamour positions like wide receiver and cornerback, the places where, you know, let's face it, those are the guys that are typically a little bit smaller. Uh, those are the guys that sometimes, at least from a stereotype standpoint, are kind of into their own individual glory. You know, that's where you have like the flashiest players typically. But at a place like Georgia, that's just not the case. So I want to give you an example of this, and I think this is really interesting. One of these is wide receiver Marcus Rosemey Jackson. One of these is cornerback Kamari Laster 
two guys from two positions where you don't typically hear toughness being the hallmark of those positions but they make it pretty clear that is exactly what uh they're all about in fact michael which one of these is first is it is it uh rosemary jackson or yeah let's hear from wide receiver marcus rosemary jackson first here on this we play physical here at georgia so if you don't like it then you can't be here at georgia if you ain't gonna play physical if you're not willing to put your hands on somebody then this ain't this ain't for you so that's a wide receiver who had one of the most dazzling catches I think you're going to see in this or any season for his touchdown against Tennessee on Saturday. But instead of saying, hey, y'all see me? Y'all see that catch I made? He says, George is about being physical. If you don't like physical, you don't want to be here for this. In other words, I am proving how tough of a dude I am simply by the uniform that I wear. That's a pretty good brand right there. It's not the kind of brand you would always expect wide receivers to embrace, but in the case of Marcus Rosemey Jack saying, that's what he is saying we are, himself included, all about here at UGA. And once again, a position that you don't always kind of hear this from, cornerback Kamari Laster, who we would all say, I think, had a very good day against the Vols last Saturday. He also talking about that needed physicality that Georgia always puts on display. Here's Laster on that. Being in SEC, it's imperative that you, you have to be physical at every position from uh, the front line all the way to the back end. So, I mean, that's something that we work in, uh, work on that practice, I mean, daily, just being physical in the perimeter because the perimeter, I mean, is just important as a line of scrimmage because with our front, I mean, a lot of, play, a lot of teams are going to want to attack us outside. So being physical out there is it's really important. So I'll tell you what this reminds me of, and I've mentioned this kind of thing before, that you can go online, if you search, you can find some like coaching clinic stuff that Kirby Smart has done. These are not media interviews. These aren't press conferences. These are Kirby speaking to high school coaches. And sometimes the high school coach, whether they're supposed to or not, will kind of record what Kirby says and it gets thrown up on the internet. And I watch some of this kind of stuff sometimes. I'm not an X's and O's expert. I'm certainly interested in the X's and O's part of college football, but I didn't, I'm just not, I'm not a former player. I'm not a former coach. So there's an aspect of, you know, what can be known about football that I just don't possess that knowledge because I wasn't as deeply entrenched into that. I don't pretend to be anything other than that so when I watch these coaching clinic things some of this stuff may be like two plus two is four to the average football coach but to me it's really interesting because I'm getting insight into the game that I you know haven't always possessed and 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 don't necessarily have and in one of these like videos that I saw a couple of years ago Kirby was talking about the idea of millennial Oklahoma now Oklahoma is a famous drill and even I'm aware of this because you know it was a big deal when I was uh you know uh younger where it's like you have you know it's basically like a one-on-one tackling drill right you have the offensive line that kind of blocks the running back you have a defensive player trying to get around the block and make the tackle on the running back it's like as physical as it gets when you think about like the sort of physicality of sort of old school football the number one representation of that is the Oklahoma drill right that's just you know kind of what it is well what Kirby says is hey now at our practice we kind of do what we call millennial Oklahoma millennial meaning a version of Oklahoma for the new modern age player and instead of like running back with a blocker and one would-be tackler in kind of a situation like that all of a sudden now let's throw the ball out to a wide receiver and let's let that one-on-one situation happen out there can the wide receiver get off the tackle can the defensive back get off a block and make the tackle and that's kind of what millennial Oklahoma is and Kirby in his own colorful way in this coaching clip uh, says you know about some of these coaches hey they want to play as fast as they possibly can but what they don't account for is what happens to that wide receiver gets the you know what knocked out of it and and that basically sort of <laughs> that basically just sort of sums up Kirby's coaching philosophy about as much as anything ever could and you've got players in this program that reflect that too you think Marcus Rosemary Jackson cares about getting hit hard now he's going to shake it off and get right back up and his statement right there 
would seem to be a strong indication of that. Kamario Laster, does he want to, you know, go out there and just be flashy and be, you know, uh, a show pony? No, he wants to be a workhorse. He wants to go out there and do the physical stuff that's required to be a part of a defense that's as successful as Georgia is right now. It is sort of the modern representation of what Kirby Smart wants football to be all about. And I, think, I thought to hear that from Rosemary Jackson, to hear that from Laster this week, I thought that was really interesting and really good. And it kind of kind of ties back into some stuff we've heard we've heard from Kirby over the years there as well. So good stuff that is around the doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Now, last week it was really good to be at home if you were a dog. This week, uh, Georgia is going to be far from home, and it's going to be in unfriendly confines. And it's just a reminder to you that hey, you know, you love your home and you love you know where you are, but sometimes. It's the need for a new home, a new fresh start that's actually what you're all about here right now. And it's a chance to get closer to family that you love. It's a chance to maybe get a new job that you really, really want. There are lots of different reasons why a move might be right for you. And our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services believe that the new beginning that you seek, the best time for that new beginning is right now. So if it's time to get closer to a job, closer to family, if it's time just for a fresh start, to sell that old house and get into a brand new home that gives you a chance to embrace every dream you've had for yourself well that's what it's all about with our friends at berkshire hathaway home services they're really they're ready to walk with you through that journey that's going to end with a really happy ending for you and it doesn't just have to be on the residential side there as well think about the commercial version of this too maybe you've got a home-based business but you're ready for a storefront maybe you're ready to be an investor and i'm a big believer that one of the best investment classes you can participate in is real estate whether it's over the long term or maybe over over the short term uh there are a lot of great investment opportunities do be had in the world of real estate especially if you've got an expert explaining all the options to you and kind of handling all the aspects of the transaction for you and that's what our friends at berkshire hathaway home services are all about so you can find them online at bhhsgeorgia.com that's bhhsgeorgia.com we are happy to have berkshire hathaway home services as a part of around the doghouse for us here today all right so here's what we got before all said and done tons of golden shoes we're going to get uh into all of those and just sort of have some fun and try to create some good vibes going into uh saturday we're looking forward to that a little bit of a preview of the big games of the weekend playoff implications sec championship implications we'll kind of make some big picks on some of those games but for now there is so much recruiting information to get into five stars moving closer to georgia georgia getting back involved with recruiting battles that maybe at one point in time seem lost uh, how about a potential commit trending away from UGA? All kinds of stuff to deal with here. Uh, let's cover it all right now. It's on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA. Let's get to it right now. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com Insider. So we have a lot to do on the road. It's just about AAA with Jeff Sintel here right now. So we will dispense with pleasantries and dive right into it. And I think now for the third or fourth consecutive week, I'm going to begin by asking Jeff about five-star running back Justice Haynes. Now, it's fair to point out a couple of weeks ago when I asked Jeff about Justice, uh, Jeff thought that was still very much a remote possibility at, at, at most. And likely that ship had sailed that Haynes was on his way to Alabama. But things have changed since then. And couldn't help but notice that Jeff basically wrote this same thing in one of his blurbs in one of his stories at dognation.com here this week. Alabama seemingly trending down. Georgia Justice was in attendance for the big win against Tennessee. No doubt Georgia's at least where it has been as the reigning national champ, if not trending up in its own right here. Jeff, how much have things changed with the Alabama committed running back Justice Haynes, and is this now more of a possibility than it was before? 
Trevor and hey, good morning, everybody. I'm going to tell you, this is a tremendous uh, underscore boldface, italicize it, wonderful, glorious, golden, whatever you want to say, more golden than your golden shoes. This is a golden time to follow the Georgia Bulldogs and to follow the Georgia Bulldogs recruiting. Um, Brent, I, I admit it. I, I didn't think that there was a way for Georgia. I, 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 I was like, you know, fluid, young people change their minds all the time. I just thought it. Was, I just thought it wasn't going to happen with Georgia injustice. And one of the things I learned as a very young man, especially a very young man in this business, is um, it's really a sign of intelligence when you say you don't know or you have no idea, rather than a lot of folks that try to fake it until they make it. Uh, for me, I just can simply say I really don't know what's going to happen with Justice Haynes. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I, I think the next few weeks will be interesting. I think the next month will be interesting. Uh, between Georgia and Justice because they never stopped recruiting him. Uh, I still remember the Buford-Mill Creek game when all the other coaches had left and uh, Del McGee was still there. Uh, Brendan, I said this on our Gimme Five segment this week. I had the reins of that this week. I now consider there to be three really seismic moments in Georgia football recruiting. Moments, not like a signing day or not like yeah. uh, a series of seven guys committing in two weeks like it was this past July. I'm talking about a moment where lightning struck uh, Sanford Stadium for a game day. Uh, I, I see I see those three numbers, those three dates very clearly now. It's 2016-93 K-Day, 2019 Georgia-Notre Dame, and now 2022 Georgia-Tennessee. I think uh, when we look back on that, that game, uh, look, at, look at the way we look back at 2020-2019 Notre Dame right now. Darnell Washington was in the house. Uh, Kendall Milton was in the house. Tate Rowledge was in the house. Carson Beck was in the house. Um, 2017, 2016, you look at that 2017 class, DeAndre Swift, Andrew Thomas, on and on and on. I think the 2022 Tennessee game, the moment, the way the fans killed it, the way the team played, the atmosphere, the rain, the stage, the status, I think it's going to be one of the biggest uh, moments in Georgia recruiting. And Justice Haynes was, a, was a just one of 21 five-stars that were there that day. And just to be very clear here, you know, if you're not a Georgia fan, you hear this conversation, you might be left to conclude, oh, you know, the Georgia show thinks Georgia's getting every prospect. And while I'm not ready to make any kind of prediction about Haynes one way or another, what we're saying here about Justice is very different than what we might be saying about, say, like Caleb Downs, who, you know, I've never gotten any indication that, that Georgia was kind of getting back involved there. Now, maybe you'll say something different here, but I'm assuming you won't. Uh, based on you know some of the stuff you've also kind of written about this that hey you know it's not the magical you know uh thinking here where georgia just gets every five-star prospect because it happened to win a big game that the pathway towards a guy like haynes i'm assuming you'll say is far clearer and far more potentially possible than like say a situation like downs where you know if he doesn't go to alabama maybe he goes to ohio state but it doesn't even seem like georgia's the silver medalist for a guy like downs right now just just for clarification that's true right yeah Exactly. I don't think they're going to get everybody that was there. Uh, I don't think they're going to get Caleb Downs. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, one of the things you do is you, I, I just remember what Caleb Downs looked like when he was an undecided recruit in Athens last year. And I saw what he was like on Saturday. He, he looked like a lawyer at a torch conference or a real estate law conference. He looked like to me, this was the classic portrayal of a guy that loves football, loves defensive football, Love the way some coaches X and O and attack brilliant offenses. I think he was there just looking to learn and see what Georgia can do, just see a great football game. Uh, that's where I would couch 
Couch Caleb Downs at. Um, there's just a lot of movement that's going to come out of that game. I mean, Brandon, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to have to come up with a clever name that, that you'll like for, uh, you know, UT Day or Rocky Flop or whatever you want to say. Um, I'm going to refer to that night for the 2025 class, the 2026 class, the 2024 class. Let's not forget this, my friend. Everybody's going to be interested in the number of five stars. Everybody's going to be interested in the potential flips. And everybody's going to be short-term on the 2023 wide receivers, which I'm sure we're going to go into. But for me, the thing that you folks need to know, I'm not doing my job if I don't sit there and say, 2024 class with everything going on around Georgia football, the state of Georgia is loaded. The dogs can simply own that cycle. And that Saturday night was a great start. Uh, really, really good stuff there, Jeff. Uh, one of the guys that I think of as sort of a bellwether recruit in this class of 2023 is the five-star edge, Damon Wilson. This is because I think the elite edge player has to be a part of every signing class for Georgia moving forward. It's just such an important position right now in college football. And also because of the way in which it sort of seemed like Ohio State kind of wrestled him away here. And then we've seen Georgia kind of get back in this. And obviously he was present there on Saturday. And it's going to be a couple of weeks here before Ohio State, I think, gets a chance to entertain him again. I'm assuming he'll go up there for the Michigan game here in a couple of weeks. But that's a long time in the world of recruiting for him not to get a personal pitch from Ohio State here. Uh, I just think there's a lot about this Wilson recruitment that's about more than just one player here. Uh, how much did Georgia help itself with Wilson having him back on campus again? Yeah, I think what Georgia did is that, you know, you want to say pole position, I guess, with, to use like far racing metaphors here, I guess, a little bit. I, I think Georgia, uh, and, and you know, this is what we got to say, we got we to gotta preach our kind of our staples here, follow the visits. I think Damon Wilson is still evaluating, and he's going to go up for Michigan, Ohio State. I'm sure there's going to be a crazy bonkers game as well. But good luck, Ohio State, Michigan, if you can top what happened with Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, uh, and it might just be kind of like made the best program win, win here type of thing. But I think Damon Wilson and his family have seen a whole lot of Georgia. They've put together a lot of defining material about Georgia. And uh, the other things, Brandon, it's not just a fit with Georgia. It's a fit with the culture. It's a fit with the defense. It's a fit with Kirby and the way he goes about his business as a re recruiting young man, so unique and so uncommon. Like, everybody saw that video this week of, I think the Georgia football media team released it of the locker room, or maybe it was SEC Nation or something like that. But, you know, he's sitting there, literally, there are recruits in the locker room, and this is a zenith moment for Georgia so far in its season. And he's telling them, dude, we're going to be physical. Don't come here if you don't want to play that way. Don't come here because we don't want you. Because he's like, the men in here are tough. I think that is the way where Georgia is, continues to recruit from a position of utmost strength. Brandon, the 2023, the 2022, and what they can do in the 2024 defense, man, it, it is astonishing the amount of talent that Georgia could potentially stack up across two classes and then to keep that thing rolling into the 2024 class on the defensive side of the ball. Um and you're going to have a lot of good things to say about this team for a long time, Brandon. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you made a very interesting comparison of the day. Speaking of five-star edge players, the Samuel Mpemba, who took his official visit to Georgia on uh, the weekend, 
uh, you kind of made a comparison to Malik Herring with him. Now, you got to be a longtime uh, Dog Nation guy to, or gal to understand this, but back in the day before Herring joined up as part of the class of 2017, uh, you were kind of famous for calling him the most committed, uncommitted player in America. So I'm assuming that might have been what was uh, at hand for you when you kind of made that comparison to Samuel Mpemba, which would be quite a statement to make about a guy of Mpemba's caliber as a recruit. Am I on the right track here? Did it go that well with Mpemba again? He has certainly followed the dogs around all over the country to see him play here the last few weeks that's got to be a good sign about something right yeah let's just let's do the ultimate litmus brandon with everybody watching and listening right now if you can interact with whatever forum you're on whether it's the dog nation homepage or whether it's on facebook or whether it's on twitter or whether it's on twitch or whether it's on youtube riddle me this uh, i think samuel and pemba has seen the dogs four times this year i wonder how many of you good people out there have seen the dogs as much as or more than Samuel and Pimba. Like he's coming up on season ticket holder territory right there. I mean, he was there for to watch Georgia play Sanford. He was there to watch him play Mizzou when he was an official visitor for Mizzou. He was there back again for Auburn. He was there for his official visit. That's four. He was there at G-Day. That's five. That's five times he's seen the dogs strap it up and play some type of football game this season. Now, he's still, I think, going to have a couple more visits. He still has always thought, he was going to be a guy that commits before early signing day, that makes his decision before early signing day. Um, just looks very comfortable, man. Looks very comfortable. Looks very chill, uh, at ease around the Georgia folks. Like, Brandon, one of the things the commitments do now is they go to, they got this little spot right around the 50 where they all congregate and they watch the boys warm up together. They all hang out together. Sometimes they even come down into the stadium together. A lot of the core commits at C.J. Allen, Gabe Harris, Pierce Sperling, Jamal Jarrett. Uh, they all just kind of – it just kind of feels like cheers, man. That's their spot where they all hang out, and they're all there, and they couldn't be, couldn't be more comforted and more at ease. And you saw, uh, you saw Samuel and Pemba had ditched his Bass Pro Shops hat for a Sanford Stadium appearance and went with an old-school Georgia dog logo with a black bucket hat um yeah we're seeing it right now front row official visitor um i mean that's something that you sit there and you go well somebody else comes in and swoops samuel and pimbo away from georgia man good for them or you want to say nil is great you know this is what it is but it's one of those guys that uh certainly seems like uh very much at home in San Francisco. So in the midst of all this good news, there is some other news out there that is curious and seemingly less positive, and that involves four-star offensive line recruit Bill Bo Hughley, who was not at the game on Saturday, and I believe social media would have you believe he was actually at a different game, and it seems like he's taken a good number of visits to other places other than Georgia as of late, and I don't believe they've all been Auburn, which was the place there had been some rumors with him going back to the summer here. I think that Hughley's a very good player. Jeff, I I think, you know, having uh, a connection to a program like Langston Hughes right now, which is probably, I mean, certainly the best 6A team in the state, one of the, from a college talent standpoint, one of the deepest you know programs in the entire state of georgia here right now there's a lot about hugley i like that's more than just hugley this is that sort of south fulton area i'd like to see georgia kind of have a flag kind of planted right there especially when it comes to this langston hughes program uh the relationship between hugley and georgia just seems to be a a little weird i'm not predicting that he you know trends away i I don't even know I'm, i'm simply asking but what is going on for a guy that that I don't know. You don't. You don't ever quite see those. You know, sort of. Uh, um, I guess those tangible reflections of his Georgia commitment status, the way that maybe some Georgia fans would want to. What's going on with UGA and Hugley here? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been up and ups and downs there with Bo. Uh, you know, first of all, great kid. I think he's gotten a lot better as a football player this year. He's been more dedicated to being a great football player this year. And, you know, there's two schools of thought. You know, there's a school of thought here where I think I remember Quavo even um, redirecting him about, you're a dog, right, uh, on some social media posts way back when over the summer. And, you know, I want to say this. I'm going to give – I'd like to give Bo Higley the benefit of the doubt that, listen, you know you know, state football playoffs as well as I do, Brandon. Uh, Langston Hughes had a heart-wrenching loss last year to Buford in the state finals. Probably should have won that game. And most of most of that squad is back. They're 10-0. They're the team to beat in Georgia Class 6A. And a lot of me wants to think, you know, give Bo the benefit of the doubt here that, Laser focus, just wants to spend his time focusing on his team, focusing on the Wolves and what they have to get done. Uh, but there's also the school of thought here, where, which I wouldn't begrudge anybody that holds this opinion, that um, you just kind of kind of look at things and you go, well, Hughley hasn't been in a game to see Georgia this year at all, I don't think, uh, at least not in Sanford Stadium. Uh, and that's something that for to be a committed guy with all these high-stakes games that Georgia has played, I think I would. I'm gonna. If we could ever have a, a a chart like you know when you go see your annual your annual physician every year, I think I, I would just say that's something Dog Nation should look at and say that's something to monitor there with Bo Hughley. Um, there are some things he's told me in the past. It seems like you know he's all dog and you know there's something different about the way Kirby recruits him in Georgia and the way he feels in Athens and the way he felt after his official visit and how he just couldn't wait to to get to signing day and get all this recruiting stuff over with. Uh, these young folks are under a lot of pressure and a lot of different pressure and a lot of different folks in their ear. Uh, so with Bo Hughley, uh, concerning something that's something to monitor, that's kind of the way I feel right now about how he's just not showing up uh, in Athens for these big games, for these home games, when folks could literally look at Athens and say that's very accessible and perhaps the most accessible school for him to visit. Fair enough. Um, by my count, there are at least – three flip candidates that georgia is heavily involved with and you may tell me there's more i guess you gotta count uh, haynes as the fourth but i'm not talking about him right now um i got anthony evans the wide receiver committed to oklahoma who probably should have come to georgia the first time deandre moore the uh, wide receiver committed to louisville who seems like brian mcclendon's kind of connected with a good bit speaking of running backs jeremy cobb from auburn there uh, I guess you also mentioned the Stanford commit, uh, Walker Lyons there at tight end uh, on uh, before the hedges there on Wednesday night. But, boy, it seems like if you want to kind of get a measuring stick of kind of what Georgia's doing from a recruiting standpoint right now, long list of true, honest-to-goodness potential flips here for UGA. Any, I guess, contacts you want to give to that or names you want to add to that list? Yeah, Brent, I think there's probably even more than that. Uh, I think, uh, first of all, I'm going to do this. This is the first time I've ever done this on your program. Let's just put a button on uh, the Walker Lions conversation and just put the push pin on that, stick it off to the side and say, you know, there's something cool there. Just mentioned it on Brandon's show, but too much other stuff to get into. That's a 2024, 2025 discussion. If you read the story on dognation.com, you'll know what I'm talking about right there. Um, I think you got to also include a, a receiver just outside of Columbus, Brandon. Uh, that's a young man that's currently committed to Georgia that doesn't have a Georgia offer, Anthony Brown. He's about 5'9", mm-hmm. he's about 175. He's that ideal type, you know, Lad McConkey role in this Todd Munkin machine of an offense right now. He's currently committed to Kentucky, doesn't have a Georgia offer. 
really thinking about giving Georgia an official visit for the Georgia Tech game later this month. Uh, you mentioned Justice. You mentioned you mentioned uh, Walker. You mentioned Anthony Evans third. Cobb uh, really looked like he was plugged into Georgia on uh, on Saturday. Uh, you mentioned Cobb. Cobb's getting in the Alabama State playoffs today. Brandon, last Friday he wore a Georgia towel out for warm-ups and for the game, for his high school game. People say wardrobe doesn't matter. I think in the context of that moment when he's still a public Auburn commitment, they lost their coach about to visit Georgia on Saturday. I think that's a little bit more in the wardrobe recruit. Uh, don't get your hopes up. Don't get too crazy about it. I think that mattered a little bit more than it usually does. Um, but I think I want to go straight to a guy that uh, I think you mentioned in all of them. Brandon DeAndre Moore currently committed to Louisville. I think he's going to have one more visit to Texas before he makes up his mind. But Brandon, I, I, I wrote in I wrote on DogNation.com on Monday that everybody's seen the movie Forrest Gump, and at times it sort of felt like almost that Forrest Gump rain where it's sideways and hitting you in the face, flashing everywhere. And DeAndre Moore was down there in a poncho watching Georgia play ball through the balance of that game. Mm-hmm. Most of his family, most of his the people he traveled with in the front row, they were all upstairs in the cozy confines of the West End Zone recruiting lounge, chilling, probably having a having a snack. Uh, DeAndre looked like he was auditioning for his Weather Channel role when he's outside of the outside of his football playing career in about 20 years from now. Really looked heavily invested in all things Georgia. Brennan, one of the things you notice when you, you you cover these cover these games when you're down there in the belly of Sanford Stadium is you see Georgia's traditions and you kind of take it for granted, like you know the trumpet player yeah. and then calling the dogs and then the Kobe Dean showing up and you know the way Kirby has found a way to support and platform former Georgia players and they want to come back on the sideline. The machine is just rolling, man. But the, for a recruit like DeAndre, he's never seen that before. It is very impactful. It's like, what other school has these things besides the number one ranking and the defending national champions and these fans that look like they downed four Red Bulls or something else before the football game? It is different for these young men. You see wide-eyed young men saying, oh, my gosh, these these folks do this every game, and they kind of lean into their chaperone, and they're like, is it really like this every week? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. Better if we ever get a night game, though. Nah. And that matters. It looked like it really mattered to DeAndre Moore. It looks like he'd be a great fit for what Georgia tries to do with the receiver position. Brandon, this guy is a straight-out alpha competitor. You talk to folks and you wonder about whether DeAndre Moore is a fit at Georgia. Is he still a fit at Louisville? Everybody worries about screens about NIL. I've had somebody tell me, Brandon, about DeAndre Moore, that he needs to be around dudes to play his best football where he is right now at St. John Bosco. Uh, he needs to be around dudes. And I'm talking about dudes in the room, dudes across the line. You, know, you have to fight and claw and scratch for playing time. That's where they think he'll play his best football and he'll reach his peak. And if there's anywhere in the country that has a match for that, I think it's the University of Georgia. All right, great stuff, Jeff. I want to ask you about one more thing. Before that, let me remind folks, this is On the Road. This is to buy a AAA with Jeff Sintel. I'm on the road a bunch uh, next couple of days, obviously in Buckhead tonight for the Battle of Buckhead between Westminster and Lovett, a game I'm looking forward to on Peachtree TV. Then tomorrow morning, heading towards Stark Vegas for the uh, Bulldogs versus Bulldogs in Mississippi State tomorrow night. And, of course, as I'm traveling around a lot like that, that AAA membership card goes with me everywhere that I go. But that's not the only thing I want you to know about when it 
comes to AAA. I want you to think about them as a great resource for your auto insurance or your home insurance there as well. The insurance products by, offered by AAA are outstanding, especially on that auto insurance part of this, because with AAA, you can expect something more and you might even pay something less, which is a, a, a great thing. So if you want to find out more about how you can switch or make the save, uh, you can switch and save with our friends at AAA. Reach out and get a free, no obligation quote to see if you qualify for some of the great discounts available, like the membership discount, the paperless discount, the pay in full discount, the multiple car savings discount, and so much more. So give them a call, 833-718-2075, 833-718-2075 to find a branch near you and find out about the great savings opportunities that come your way when you make that switch to AAA for your auto insurance. All right, Jeff, I want to finish with this, and there's obviously so, so much more we could talk about, but I want to just kind of highlight this there at the end. Uh, with all of this stuff that's going down, maybe kind of the next thing on the calendar, the best I can tell, is uh, commitment decision day coming up for David Hobbs, the uh, defensive lineman here, who is certainly a name to know for Georgia in this class. So I kind of wanted to kind of just sort of zero in on this to finish here about how Saturday may have been impactful for Hobbs, who's, I, I believe he's committing two weeks from now, I think. So, you know, kind of getting in uh, right here before that decision day for Hobbs, how big this ends up being. Yeah, pretty big. Uh, one of the things, it's funny, when I, for Dog Nation, our five-star count of record is you got to be a composite five-star. And the composite was around four or five years ago, so it helps allow, allows us to compare eras, I guess, a little bit or significance. You know, David Hobbs is actually a five-star on the on-three rankings. That's the new startup that does a great job with uh, a lot of the other national recruiting services. They're kind of innovative in some areas with the way they – uh, put together their consensus ranking as well, but they think David Hobbs is a five star, and man, that that guy is a guy that Georgia wants him badly. Man, the commits want him badly. The staff, um, and it's funny, you know, people laugh. Uh, maybe some Georgia folks even laughed when they heard other schools do this in years past. But it's a very simple pitch that they have to David Hobbs. They say. Come be the next Trayvon Walker. We see the Trayvon Walker role for you. And uh, number one overall pick, there's no recency worries about that because everybody knows who Trayvon Walker is. Uh, and this athlete, Brandon, Davian Hobbs, is that kind of guy. He's 6'4 and a half, uh, 270-ish. Uh, he's caught touchdown passes. He's ran for touchdowns in Wildcats. He's ran for touchdowns as just a pure running back. But, oh, yeah, he's going to be a defensive line edge in college football. Uh, his, his weight's right around 270 to 280 right now during this time of year. He commits in on November the 25th to honor his mother on her birthday. Always love it when recruits do that. He loves how Georgia's dominant. He loves how Georgia's defense puts those Trayvon Walkers in the NFL. And as of right now, he is not taking any other visits. Georgia got the last visit. It wasn't planned that way, he told me. It's just the way it worked out. Uh, I don't know if there's a wink-wink that goes along with that. Uh, I felt that this recruiting was Alabama, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. We really had to dial it in. I thought it was potentially Tennessee, Georgia going into this weekend. And I think Georgia just slayed it with this official visit. Everything that Davian Hobbs needed to see, wanted to see about Georgia. Uh, one of the things for him this week is he his team, they're dealing with a lot of weather and movements in the North Carolina playoffs right now. His team, his J.M. Robinson team, just lost last night uh, to an undefeated team, I believe in the second round of the North Carolina State playoffs. They had a 10-1 season. Their season's now over. 
So now uh, Mr. Hobbs can clearly focus on his recruiting and what's left to do. Is he going to go take another visit? Is he going to go see Tennessee again? Is he going to go see North Carolina again? Or has he got everything he needs to see? And if if that was everything he, he needed to see and the last impression of a game and a weekend and recruiting, uh, at least on campus recruiting, Brandon, is going to be for Georgia, Tennessee, and Knoxville over an official visit weekend. I think Georgia has their best cards on the table in this race there as well. I definitely say that the recruits want him in the class. They made him feel very welcome. Uh, the Trayvon Walker role would be very effective right now, considering he's the nation's mm. number one overall pick. So that is one to definitely watch for over the next two weeks. Hey, great stuff, Jeff. Thank you for being here on the road, assisted by AAA. Uh, safe travels as you're moving around here, and we'll look forward to speaking to you back here on the show again very soon. Take it easy, buddy. See you in Stark Vegas, man. I'll be the one with ski gear on. Looking forward to it. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So a lot of recruiting information there. Hopefully we covered it all. Um, if I forgot something, yell at me, and I'll try to make sure we get in there next time. So good stuff with Jeff Sintel. And obviously want to keep things rolling here and remind you that we're now cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And like I did right there, cornering Jeff and talking to him about a bunch of recruiting questions, you can do the same thing this April on our Dog Nation cruise. You can just sort of pin Jeff in at one of those wonderful bars and lounges there on Independence of the Seas in Royal Caribbean and just sort of fire him. 2024, 2025, 2026, whatever recruiting questions you have, just one right after the other to Jeff Sintel. And he's trapped on the ship. He has no choice but to answer whatever you want him to know. Uh, whatever you want to know so uh, it's actually really one of the fun things about what we get a chance to do here i've said this before it's like when it comes to like the cruise experience what makes it a little bit different is if we have an event you know at a local restaurant or if we have a tailgate or something like that that's a couple of hours we're all kind of moving on their life but like the dog nation cruise really is sort of like dog nation summer camp and the fact that you know we're all there together and there's just you know several days worth of kind of relaxed you know casual conversation we get a chance to let our hair down hopefully it's celebrating another national championship go for two and 22 of course uh so it's just a great experience so we want you to be a part of it uh our friend jessica slater a great travel agent has made a wonderful website to help you learn more about it royaldogs.com is the website royaldogs.com you can also give jessica a call 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 she'll tell you all the really cool things she can also tell you about the brand new icon of the seas which debuts january of 2024 obviously that's a little ways away here but the thing to know is when it does enter the fleet it's going to be the largest cruise ship in the world and another example of something that Royal Caribbean is all about, which is setting a new standard with every new ship introduced here, making the cruise experience more fun each and every time. That's true coming up soon for Icon of the Seas. It's true for Wonder of the Seas, a ship that I'm looking forward to being on with my family very soon. Uh, the latest in sort of the Oasis class of ships. And that's definitely going to be true when we're all together on board Independence of the Seas this upcoming April. April 24th to 28th. Uh, great time to you know do all the fun stuff that's on board independence of the seas but also the special dog nation events there too so go to royaldogs.com find out more about that we've had so many people who've kind of signed up this is already a a huge cruise so much larger than our first dog nation cruise and it's yet it's still get to be even bigger before it's all said and done so we want you to be a part of all of that all right let's roll through here and make some picks for the big games of the weekend here we'll start with georgia as my bookie had it uh 17 points the number for the dogs at mississippi state and look 
here's my quick take on this. I, I told you off the top of the show that I am more competent in Georgia now based on some of the things I heard Kirby Smart say last night with Scott Van Pelt on ESPN Sports Center. But 17 still feels like a lot for me. Uh, I, I guess the tangible representation of my anxiety about this game is the fact that I can't openly brag about taking Georgia minus 17 in this spot. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they win by 37. But do I expect this to be slightly closer than that number? I think I probably do. I feel like Georgia has to fight here a little bit on Saturday night. And when the ultimate prize is given out and you get a chance to own the East when it's all said and done, you can know that you earned it. And maybe that's what Mississippi State forces Georgia to do, go out there and earn it on Saturday night. 17 feels like a lot for me. I have to be honest about that. So that's one of my official picks for the weekend. I actually sort of feel the same thing about Tennessee at home, 20 and a half against Missouri. I told you this earlier this week, and I'll make this kind of a a quick point here, is that while we have seen Tennessee look like a playoff caliber team and it's blowout win against Kentucky, it's, you know, a win against Alabama, even that you'll probably count as a playoff level performance, and certainly it's road win at LSU. We've also seen games this year in which the Vols have kind of looked less than that. Last week was kind of an example of feeling more like a pretender than a contender. Uh, had to go to overtime to win at Pitt. That's not what playoff-level teams do. The home game against Florida, even, that's the one game this year in which the Vols haven't covered at home, and that was like 17-14 at the half, and close than the experts thought, that was definitely a non-playoff-level performance from, from Tennessee. So the point here is, down the stretch, with games in which the Vols will play as a big favorite, Missouri this week, South Carolina, then closing the year out against um, Vanderbilt, I think we are still a little bit uncertain of exactly what Tennessee is. Now, listen, the playoff selection committee loves them. Gambling markets, for the most part, kind of like them too. But I have at least enough hesitation about how well Tennessee will play down the stretch that I'm going to take a flyer on Missouri here plus the 20 and a half. Now, that half point may loom big for me because obviously Missouri's not anywhere near as good as Tennessee is. But nonetheless, this may be kind of worth taking a flyer here this week. I'm also going to take a flyer on the underdog uh, in Oxford, Mississippi on Saturday with Ole Miss. They're 12.5-point dogs against Alabama. By now, you know the story. Alabama's like 2-8 and eight in its last 10 against the spread when playing on the road. Ole Miss hasn't beaten Alabama straight up since 2014. And really, Lane Kiffin's record as an underdog when it comes to winning games straight up isn't very good. So you don't have much track record to call for Ole Miss to actually win the game necessarily. But I've taken Alabama a whole bunch this year with the assumption that they're going to finally look like Alabama, and they just haven't. And so I'm kind of tired of doing that now. And I got to tell you, I think you have to welcome into this conversation the idea that there might even be some quit factor in place for Alabama. Now, technically speaking, they still could win the SEC West. They need some help from LSU, but they are alive to win the division. But fresh off having lost LSU, now with a two-loss season, this clearly feeling like a notch below the college football playoff level, uh, you know, sort of level that we're used to kind of seeing Alabama be at I think it's even more of a mystery about which Alabama team shows up on Saturday and that sort of extra gear that extra motivation that they are are supposed to find for games like this they may just not have it so it's worth it for me to take a flyer on Ole Miss here plus the 12 and a half Bama's just simply been so bad on the road I will take the favorite though when it comes to LSU traveling to Arkansas I'm a big fan of Sam Pittman I enjoy rooting for him But I have to confess here, I'm a little worried about the Arkansas situation. I think Arkansas has been kind of a magical team since Pittman took that job over in 2020, pulling a lot of upsets, being really good against the spread. I think right now you have to be very concerned. I say this as someone who openly enjoys rooting for Sam Pittman. Um, I think that you have to be a little concerned they've lost some of that magic now. 
you know, they lost to Liberty this past uh, Saturday. They had a struggle uh, game against, was it Missouri State? I, I guess that's who that was earlier this year, Bobby Petrino's team. They've obviously gone through the war in the SEC West. They've lost some heartbreakers. The Texas A&M game in which you have the fumble at the goal line that turns into a 14-point swing and then you miss a field goal right there at the end of the game. Those are the kinds of emotional letdowns that's sort of hard to come back from. And when you think about how good Arkansas has been against the spread previously, I sort of feel like right now that isn't the same Hogs team that's playing here on Saturday. Plus, you know, earlier this year when uh, Kelly lost to Florida State in his first game as LSU coach, that actually broke a snap, uh, snapped a streak of 42 consecutive wins for Kelly as a coach against unranked foes. So these are the kinds of games that Brian Kelly coach teams almost always play well in when they're a slight favorite against lesser competition. Uh, against unranked foes Kelly has a little bit of a history of kind of beating up uh, on teams like that and so I'm assuming given what LSU has to play for given what the current state of Arkansas might be that might be enough to take uh, LSU here in that spot on Saturday I'll also tell you when it comes to TCU in Texas a lot of folks who maybe don't follow the gambling market surprised to see TCU is a point spread underdog in this game I think there's a chance that TCU is also a point spread underdog next Saturday to Baylor. That will be very surprising to a lot of folks. TCU simply doesn't play good defense. And they have benefited this year from a lot of backup quarterbacks in some of their more notable games. You know, it's too cavalier to say they've, you know, completely been, you know, accomplished the season they have by luck. But most people who kind of power rate and do gambling things and things like that most of those folks do not have tcu in their top four the way the college ball playoff selection committee has them so tcu i think stands to lose at least one game before the season's done they could lose another i think texas here minus the touchdowns probably the right side i'll take the favorite in the other ranked game uh as oregon host washington they're a two touchdown favorite there about 13 i think the number is i kind of like oregon there in that spot we kind of ran through yesterday a lot of these sort of playoff level games uh so it's a lot of fun this time of year as the playoff race starts to kind of whittle itself down here a little bit so we'll keep our eye on that in the sec and around the country there as well i remind you if you want to get some picks on some of these games one of the great ways to do that is with our friends at my book you can just find my bookie online type my book into your browser and then use the promo code dog nation that's all one word spelled d-a-w-g and then they're going to give you a big deposit bonus so you put in 500 bucks they're going to put in 500 bucks you put in 300 bucks they're going to give you 300 bucks so essentially you're doubling your first deposit up to a thousand dollars so you're already a winner before you make your first bet then after that it's winning season so that means you play you win you get paid uh whether it be action last night like that debacle in charlotte in the nfl or you got USC playing tonight against Colorado. You got the Mac stuff during the week, Maction as they like to call it. The pros on Sunday, the full slate tomorrow, all of that online with my bookie. So find them online, type in my bookie, browser will help you find it. Use the promo code DOGNATION and then take advantage of the big deposit bonus from my friends at my bookie. Now, we have reached the portion of the show that I promised you about where we're going to give out like a million golden shoes and we're going to do this all in the hopes of kind of creating some good vibes for the game on saturday and kind of just showcase some folks who've been having a good time with what happened this past saturday so i want to uh uh, i want to do this all right now and obviously try to give people the credit they deserve 
for what they've done and also just kind of have some fun here to wrap up where Georgia has been, where Georgia's going next. We'll kind of kind of roll this into our big finish presented by the finish long drink there as well. So let's see our first one here. Uh, the dog Andrew shared this with me. The Wikipedia page of the Tennessee Volunteers changed to say that the Volunteers program uh, is currently owned and operated by Stetson Bennett. Very funny stuff from Andrew. Very worthy of a golden shoe. Andrew, we appreciate that. Uh, we are Dog Nation since this really funny video of the Georgia guy throwing the Tennessee guy into the Tennessee River after the goalpost ended up in the Tennessee River recently. Now it's a Vol fan ending up there as well. Uh, good stuff from We Are Dog Nation. KD, uh, AG85, also kind of sharing the – is it Bobby Hill? Is that the guy's name from King of the Hill? Looking like uh, – Josh Heupel saying we were number one for four days, y'all, and a very sad-looking Bobby Hill being interviewed uh, after the game on Saturday. Uh, funny stuff there. Mike the Mad Dog says, Tennessee can't avoid getting stepped on by the hobnail boot. Go for two and 22. And there you see Stetson Bennett with the hobnail boot being worn. Go for two and 22 indeed. Very good stuff. Jimmy Durham shares this, and I thought this was hilarious. I had actually seen this. So that somebody's already published a book celebrating the 2022 season for Tennessee. Uh, the season <laughs> isn't over, as you know, and a very unfortunate chapter of that for Tennessee got written this past Saturday. But nonetheless, folks still want to commemorate the, uh, com- the, the season for the Tennessee Vols. And uh, Jimmy Durham thinks that's pretty funny, and I think that's there as well. Also, here's another one from our buddy KD, AG85. Tennessee ranked number one from 11-1-22 to 11-5-22 on the uh, – on the the tombstone there that's a uh, pretty funny stuff indeed uh uga dog 78 sharing a nice photo of friends and family enjoying that game on saturday you love to see that dog fans having a good time that is certainly awesome to be able to see and i i'm so happy for all the dog fans who had fun of the game there on saturday including our buddy alan Kaysen who sent some great photos of he and uh, his special someone kind of getting after it in the rain right there. And dog fans, you know this. They didn't leave the stadium. They were just as awesome as always with that rain pouring down. That's great stuff by Alan Kaysen. Larry Bruce sends the uh, look at the uh, uh, Spike Squad here who turned around to reveal they had written Dooley and Trippy on their backs for Saturday, a fitting tribute to two great former dogs. Larry, thanks for sharing that. We'll give you a golden shoe for today. Our buddy Matt Rukavina, this is not Georgia football related. I just thought this was funny. Matt went to uh, Hollywood Studios there in Orlando and rode Ride of, Rise of the Resistance, the great Star Wars ride, and he's uh, <laughs> saluting the uh, uh, the stormtroopers there, which is uh, pretty funny for our buddy Dog in Houston. We will give him a golden shoe for today. Uh, Thad Stokes uh, in, invoking the great line from uh, Mean Girl saying, hey, CFP, stop, stop trying to make Tennessee happen. He also gives you go for two and 22, which I appreciate from Thad. So good stuff there. And the CFP clearly seems to be trying to make that happen. Bugs McCollum says Smokey has entered the transfer portal. And you see the blue tick hound wearing the Georgia jersey. Very funny stuff by uh, Davis McCollum there. Great to see that. Frank D says, hopefully somebody shared this with you. It's a great meme of Nick Saban smiling about a rematch in Atlanta with Tennessee. Josh Heupel smiling with the same thing. But borrowing from the movie Goodfellas, LSU and Georgia, laughing about all of that. Frank, that's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. We'll make you a golden shoe winner. Uh, Harold Thomas sharing a great uh, picture of him wearing the Keeley Ringo jersey, kind of bumping into Keeley's mom. And obviously, we all continue to support her as she battles cancer. Mama Ringo, as he calls her. And uh, she's always such an inspiration, uh, cheering so loudly for the dogs. And it's great to see Harold getting a chance to connect with her at the game on Saturday. We'll give golden shoes to all that. 
Uh, here's another one from KD again. He says, the face you make when you paid $1,000 for a ticket only to find out you still suck. And some uh, very unhappy Tennessee fans in the rain on Saturday. You never get tired of saying that. Funny stuff from KD. Uh, Barkalot gives you this one. He says, uh, uh, it's basically bully squaring off against Uga, saying we're going to find out who the top dog is this Saturday, and I'll see you soon. And we all know who that's going to be. It ain't bully, it's Uga. And good stuff from Barkalot Robin, who shares that. Then finally, the very last one. Uh, Kirby's Bowl Cut shares this, the popular meme of the lady crying. I'm actually not even sure what this is from, but people use this meme all the time. The Vols are going to Atlanta, and Uga says, not without tickets. Good stuff. That is our big finish presented by the Finish Long Drink. And after all of that, 17 golden shoes today. I need a drink. And when I'm thinking about a cocktail, I'm thinking about a ready-to-drink cocktail right out of the can. That's what the Finish Long Drink is all about. And if you go to thelongdrink.com, you can pick up some today. Whether it be the traditional in a blue can, that's the gin kick with the grapefruit flavor, long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume, long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar, long drink cranberry, which, as you might expect, has cranberry flavor. It's all fantastic. You're going to love it all. It's a great thing for your tailgate, whether you're going to Starkville on Saturday or whether you're tailgating at home as you watch the game on TV. Either way, try yourself some long drink today, the finished long drink online at thelongdrink.com. All right, so one serious piece of business, and then we'll uh, have some fun to get out of here after having done 17 golden shoes today. Obviously, this weekend, we're thinking a lot about our veterans with Veterans Day being upon us here, and uh, I'm very, very proud of the active duty service people that are part of our show and veterans who reach out to me and kind of you know share their love for Georgia football on a regular basis. That means more to me than you'll ever know. I know my son and daughter we're taking their grandfather with them to uh, their elementary school today to celebrate his uh, status as a Vietnam vet. Uh, our buddy Mike Griffith, who works with this dog nation, obviously he's a, a great veteran serving our country. You know, for me, it always brings back memories of my dad, who was a Vietnam veteran in his own right. My grandfather on my mom's side was a Korean War veteran. Uh, my grandfather on my dad's side, World War II era veteran, just I'm very, very thankful to have that heritage in my family and very, very thankful to all of you who also can call yourself veterans of our armed services and the service that you've provided to our country is something we are truly, truly appreciative of. So sincerely, deeply, we say thank you. And we also say this. Let's get ready to own the East on Saturday in Starkville. Bring home the division title. Bring home a win against those other ugly maroon-looking bulldogs and get ready for everything that comes up after that, including go for two and 22. And then when that's all said and done, we'll get ready to do it all over again, including being back in Jacksonville for another beatdown of those lousy, stinking Gators coming up 351 days from right now. Yeah, they got a quarterback commit, uh, and yeah, they're happy for right now, but pretty soon we'll remind them of exactly who's on top when it comes to the SEC East here. And, of course, go for two and 22. Y'all enjoy the weekend. We'll see you back here Monday. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We will talk to you then.